Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current study, Bless. The Bless practices were created as a simple tool to help you bring the love of God to others. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody here in the house, as well as those of you here online. We're in this middle of this series called Bless, and we are looking at some practical ways that we can implement Scripture into our life, and we're going to be looking at God's Word today. But to start off with, uh, I have asked uh, Brian Rooney to come and share his testimony about how he has uh, followed God's lead to listen to others. So if you would give Brian a good Valley Brook welcome. Come on up, Brian. Hello? Oh, awesome. <laughs> First time you get up and none of the mic systems work and you're like, ooh, is this a sign? No, anyway. So again, my name is Brian Rooney and uh, I am decently new here to Valleybrook and so just before I get going, I just want to say how honored I am um, by Clark and by all of you to give me an opportunity here to share a story during the series of Bless. Um, so uh, I used to go to Gordon College for my undergraduate degree. That's on the North Shore end of Boston and this was roughly around 10 years ago. And during my first year at Gordon, I um, got started with a program called Young Life. A friend of mine had invited me to come over there and be a part of it. Now, for those of you who don't know, Young Life is a very heavily outreach-focused ministry. And during my time there and getting to know some of the, uh, the church families who had started it and the pastors who had begun that in that program, uh, I met a, a student and his family who had a real you know, desire for their public school friends to come to Christ. And so after taking a little bit of time and getting to know him and his family, I offered, you know, anything that I could to help make that um, a reality. And so um, after talking with the student, I invited him and a bunch of his high school buddies to uh, a restaurant local in the town that sold 25-cent wings on Thursday night. I had a couple of jobs I was doing in the middle of my studies, so I thought, oh, you know, I could, spend a, could spare a couple of dollars for these kids. And it was a lot more than I expected because, you know, high school boys eat a lot. So, you know, just for those of you who don't know this, when typically, not all the time, but typically when a high school boy says, oh, you know, my friends, it's typically like a squad or like a unit of boys. And so these guys were intense, to say the least. And not only were they absolutely loud and so energetic sophomores, but they were also so different, each and every single one of them, that oftentimes I, was often, I would often ask myself, like, why are they even friends? Like, they're, you know, their likes and dislikes are so different and, off, you know, oftentimes at odds with one another. So it's just a very weird group. But not only that, this crew of guys had a name for their friend group. So this was like a, an actual, like, squadron of boys. And these guys, like, they were a team. And so it was kind of intimidating to come and meet them. So, you know, upon looking at that, I was like, you know what, at least... You know, first step would be just to meet him, I guess. So I took him out. We're sitting there and chatting. And like I said a minute ago, like very, very different, each and every one of them. One of them was uh, 
an aspiring musician that grew up in a, um, a single household, a single mother household, and he had no intention to go to college, just wanted to go and be like an old rock star, like Pink Floyd kind of musician. I was like, wow, there are a few of those left. That's awesome. Um, another was a boy whose entire personality was just to be in a fraternity at college. Like that was his whole goal and personality in life was to be a fraternity boy, which I didn't know what he wanted to do afterwards, but that was all he wanted. And then another one, which was the like unofficial leader of the group, was this atheist gym bro who told me right as he had first met me, he said, hey, I just finished reading this book about how I can you know, learn all the important aspects of the Bible, all the moral teachings in the Bible without any of the spiritual stuff. Newsflash, it wasn't a very big book. <laughs> so as I'm starting to get to know these boys and just listening, the unofficial leader of the group kind of said something to me which really stuck with me. Now, again, I had no ministry training at this time, by the way. I was a first-year college student, and I was in an undecided major. I was taking business courses because my dad thought they'd be helpful while you were just kind of searching for what you want to do. And so I had no mission, no training, no, like, huge purpose of being here. I was asked by a friend, and I was just chatting with a bunch of high school guys. It was just boys and wings. That's all it was. And so the leader comes up to me and just says, are you going to be like the last guy that invited us out to Wings? I go, there was a last guy? I didn't even know there was one before me. And he goes, yeah. He came in, said he was going to be hanging out with us, and then he ditched us, never hung out with us again, and never responded to any of our texts. So I said, you know what? That's going to be my mission. I'm going to show up. I'm going to text back. That is all I'm going to do. <laughs> and I'm just going to stick to that because I didn't know anything else at that time. And as I started to get to know these boys and as I started to chat with them, I started to realize that after a while of just getting to know them, you start to hear what's important to them, what their values are and what matters to them the most. And during that time like of listening and caring for them, you, know, you start to notice that if you do that for a long enough time, people start to hear what your actions are saying. And so... At the end of my time at Gore, and out of that seven or eight, you know, group of guys, four of them had come to know Christ, which was an unbelievable, uh, you know, just a, you know, it's just a great thing. And I, I honestly, I think back to it, and it just, it's just so moving to me. But the one thing that really struck me out of all that, while that is such an amazing thing, the leader of the group sent me a text, um, like a couple of days before I had left. And the text said, hey, you know, I really enjoy the time that you gave us. I really appreciated the, the, the amount of times that you took us out and just hung with us. You know, I never really cared for any of the God stuff, and I never was, you know, people would tell me, and I didn't really care about it. But I know it's important to you. So the next time someone talks to me about any of this stuff, I'm actually going to listen. And that just absolutely, blew, you know, just blew me away. And honestly, I cried when I read the text message because I was just so moved by it. You know, from then on, I continued on in my ministry training, continued on to, um, you know, to seminary, and I even got a master's in clinical counseling, which is basically professional listening. And a lot of that was driven by the time that I had and the relationship that I had with these boys. And if I can dispel anything in this before Clark gets back up, and just any, you know, part of this whole story here is that you don't need a theological degree or a master's in clinical counseling to be able to really impact people just by listening to them. So thank you so very much for letting me share with you. Brownie's, uh, 
You know, I appreciate you sharing your testimony about what you did with those guys and just giving us a model. So I want to pray for you. And again, thank you. So, so Father, we're, we're grateful for Brian, for just his willingness to follow your leading, to, to hear your voice, and to be the, the hands and feet and heart of Jesus. And we praise you that these young men came to faith in Christ. And, and we want his example to encourage us too. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. So as uh, you have realized, uh, a lot of this series is going to have some practical response to it. And so today, we're going to talk about the idea, the practice of listening. And so, you know, the reality is this. When, uh, when we know someone is not listening to us, we feel it. We know it. So let's look at what the Bible says about the power of listening. Now, uh, years ago, I heard, I think it was John Maxwell say this. He said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, and followers of Jesus, we need to hear that loud and clear because people really don't want to know everything you know about Jesus until they know that you actually care for them. That you have a genuine desire to have a friendship with them. So when we listen to people, when they tell us their stories, when they tell us their pains, when they tell us their, their joys, their successes, their failures, when we really listen, it genuinely says that we care about them. And you think about this for yourself. When, when we feel listened to, we feel cared for. In many ways, we feel loved. We, we feel like that something significant has transpired. And the opposite is totally true also, isn't it? When we don't feel listened to, we don't feel cared to. So it wouldn't surprise you that God's word actually has something to say about listening. So let me share with you a scripture from the book of James. James is writing and he says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Being quick to listen means we will bless people by being intentionally present with them. Being quick to listen means we will bless people by stopping what we're doing and focusing on them. Being quick to listen means we will bless people by giving them our undivided attention. Now, uh, you know, the reality is this. Uh, there's an obvious reason in 2022 where people aren't quick to listen, and it's all of these devices that we have. Um, to give someone your undivided attention in today's day and age means you need to set down your smartphone, you need to close your laptop, you need to turn off whatever media is is feeding you at that time, and you need to listen. Obviously, that also means that you're going to have to ignore if you've got a watch that's connected to your smartphone. You're going to have to ignore that too. You know, I read this this week, and it's, it's mind-boggling that uh, there are roughly 8 billion people in the world, and almost 7 billion of them have smartphones. So think about how distracted we all are. If, if you want to see uh, the ability of our devices to distract them, the next time you go out to dinner, don't take your smartphone with you. After you place your order, just look around the restaurant 
And how many people are doing this? Sitting at a table with family or friends. I mean, it's a, it's a sad commentary on us because we've lost the ability to listen to one another, to give each other eye contact, to, to actually be devoted in that time that we have with somebody. I mean, we all experience this. I experienced this. You know, Cynthia and I were out to eat last weekend, and, and the temptation to pull out my phone to check something was, was constantly there. It's just, unfortunately, that device has trained us. But let me go back to the verse, all right? It says also, not just to be quick to listen, it says be slow to speak. Being slow to speak implies that we are listening to understand to what the other person is saying. Being slow to speak implies that you're not formulating your response in your head to what they're going to say so you can have a comeback, particularly if you don't agree with it. Being slow to speak is part of the power of truly listening. Being slow to speak is being intentionally present. It's being focused on the other. Being slow to speak is blessing the other person because it shows you have given them your undivided attention. But the Apostle James has more to say about why we should be slow to speak. In the, in the third chapter of his letter, now this is some scripture that's going to be long. It's not going to be on the screen, so I just want you to listen to it and, and take it in. He talks about the problem of our tongues, about using our mouth, about the reality why he says we need to be slow to speak, because this is what he says about our mouths. He says, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by, by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, he concludes, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. So if we're going to bless others, we have to be quick to listen, but we have to be slow to speak. But remember, there's one more thing he says. The final phrase of that verse is, you need to be slow to become angry. Boy, over the past few years, we have seen time and time again when people in conversations with one another are, are fast to become angry, that they're not listening, they're formulating their response, and oftentimes they start talking over the other person before they've even finished what they were saying. They're not slow to speak. They're not quick to listen. They're doing everything 
and the opposite of what Scripture tells us. But if we're going to bless others by listening to them, it's very possible that we're going to have to hear what they're saying, even if we don't agree with it, even if it stings because it's something about us, even if it's hard to hear. You know, after 60 years of living, I've come to accept this, that whenever somebody criticizes me, even if I disagree with it, there's probably some truth in it, and I, and I really need to, to listen to it. Don't like it, but I need to listen to it. You know, during these same years, I think we've also realized how problematic anger is in conversation. So to bless other people by listening to them means we've got to be slow to become angry. So let me ask you a question. Just to mold this over in your head. Who does God want you to bless by listening to them? Your spouse? Your kids? Your grandkids? Your friends? Your neighbors? Your coworkers? Your fellow students? Those you don't agree with? I could go on and on. Who does God want you to really listen to? We should take a cue from Jesus because Jesus listens. Obviously, we believe he listens to us right now when we pray to him. But when he was on earth, we see that he listened. You know, we've encouraged everybody to read the blessed book. And in that book, I was caught off guard when Dave and John Ferguson pointed out something in Scripture that, that I just hadn't seen. And, you know, it happens all the times. So I've read something over and over and over, and then all of a sudden, Somebody else gives me a point of view to see something that I haven't seen. And this is in the Gospel of Luke. And so I, I want to read to you this event in the life of Jesus. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of the crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus, the Nazarene, was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people uh, in the front, yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and he ordered that the man be brought to him. And as the man came near to Jesus, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, All right. Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God, and all who saw it praised God too. So, uh, in the whole context of Scripture, there, this, is, this is this long section of Scriptures that we find this in, in chapter 18. But, but early on, we see that Jesus has been in the region of Galilee. It's north of Jerusalem, and he's headed south with his disciples to Jerusalem to ultimately celebrate the Passover. And so he's traveling, and Jericho is a town he has to go through on the way. It is not a stop. It's not where he was planning to go. He was planning to go to Jerusalem. Now, there are people on the street. We don't know exactly why they're on the street. They could be also heading to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. They could be following Jesus because he's created quite a, a, a clamor. People want to follow him. They're interested in him. They want to see him do miracles. But for whatever reason, we just know there's a crowd there. 
And crowds, when they're traveling, are talking and they're noisy. But he hears this man yell out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stops and asks him to bring the man to them. They bring the man to him. And Jesus asks something. And, you know, when you read it, you go, yeah, of course. He knows. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Now, you and I know what he wants Jesus to do for him. He's blind. He can't see. He wants his sight. But Dave and John Ferguson point out that Jesus asked this question for a couple of reasons. First, he wants to hear from the man what he wants, what he needs. But he also said, Jesus is giving us an example. We can't assume what people want. We need to ask them. We need to listen to them. We, we need to pay attention to what other people are saying. And sometimes that means asking questions. We can't assume that we know what they want. Uh, Martin Copenhaver has written a book called Jesus is the Question. And he points something out. It's very interesting. In the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he says, Jesus asked more questions than he is asked. In fact, it seems Jesus' mode of operation to engage other people and to, to enter into conversations where he could bless them started with asking questions and then listening to what people had to say. So I point all this out because we know that Jesus listens to our prayers. We know that Jesus listens to all people, but we need to realize that that means that part of blessing other people is by listening and the way we can prime the pump is by asking questions. Now, at the conclusion of this message, I'm actually going to give you just a, a very simple exercise to, to help you ask questions to prime the pump so that you can listen to the people you're talking to. So, knowing that God has blessed us to be a blessing to others requires that we understand this, that we are part of what God is doing in this world, and he wants us to be a part of that. And while last week I talked about beginning with prayer, and we're asking God to tell us who we should bless, and we're going to listen to him, we also need to recognize that if we're going to bless others, we need to start not by talking, but by listening. It's going to require us to ask questions to people about what's going on in their lives. And this is what we need to do individually, but there's also another way that we can listen. So I'm going to talk about one final thing, blessing the community by listening to what's going on in the community. Saturday a week ago, I had the honor of preaching at Street Church down at the, uh, on City Hall steps in Hartford. Uh, Pastor Brian Bywater leads the Street Church. It's a, it's a church that meets every Saturday outdoors on the, uh, the steps of City Hall in Hartford. Uh, and it, it's uh, made up of people who have a heart to serve the homeless community and of, of homeless people. And, uh, you know, it's such a blessing to go there. And, and Pastor Brian in the Street Church is one of the missions that we support. And I, let me just pause here for a moment and say, I want to thank you for your generosity to Valley Brook. Through your giving, through your generosity, we support missions like that. 10% of everything that we receive creates our mission budget. And we're able to share the gospel here in this community and in Hartford and around the world. 
because of what you have so faithfully and generously given. But let me go back to the story of the street church. So we get to the street church, uh, you know, we, uh, it's a mobile church, so they drive up in a van, we unload the van, we set up for the service that happens, and then we set up for the meal, because there's always a meal afterwards. And while we were setting up, I met a young woman named Joy, and uh, she was helping them unload huge bag after bag of winter coats. And I, I asked her a little bit about that, because she seemed connected to it. She goes, yeah, um, my brother... Uh, used to attend the street church, and he would invite me all the time to come down. He goes, she goes, I live in the area, but you know, I just, I never had time to come down. And she said, last summer, he, he passed away suddenly. And she said, so I decided to come down and see what the street church was all about. And while I was there, I, I, I saw what God was doing here, and I, and I wanted to be a part of it, and I wanted to serve, and I wanted to bless other people, and so I, I had this idea that I would start a coat drive, because everybody coming down here, particularly in the winter, is, is underclothed. They don't have enough clothing, enough winter clothing, and, and I will tell you, it was cold out there a week ago Saturday, and so I started a coat drive, and I was able to collect 150 coats, and I want to give them away in honor of my brother. And so after the service, Joy and, and the volunteers, they set up tables and they, they separated out the coats by men's and women's and by sizes and, and uh, they invited people to come and get in line and, and you know, Joy was there and other volunteers and they were helping people try on coats and picking the one they wanted. And it was just, just a powerful illustration of serving others, blessing others, in Jesus' name. And I watched Joy. It was very emotional for her. You know, she was overcome at one point and had to stop because she, she realized what God was allowing her to do in her brother's honor because she had listened to the need of the community. She had listened to, to see what was going on. And, and that's a very important lesson. You know, there are things going on in our communities. If we pay attention, if we listen to what people are saying, community leaders or people participating in the community will see that. And we'll be able to come alongside and, and be a blessing to others. I think about that in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, the, the apostle Paul has gone to Athens, to Athens, Greece, and, and he's there and he's having to wait for some other missionaries to come along. And so he's wandering around the town uh, and he's, he's disturbed because there are shrines to this idol and that idol and there were temples to this goddess and to that god. And, and everywhere he went, it was just so prolific, and it was overwhelming to him and, and disturbing to him because he knew there, was, there is only one God, the, the God of, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and, and he, was, he wanted to do something, but he didn't jump into action at first. He, he listened. He observed. And, and we come across what happens with Paul in the 17th chapter of Acts, and, and Luke is the author of the book of Acts, and this is what he says to set up the story. He says, all of the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. They would meet in the part of the town where, called the area Opagus, and so this is what we see that happens. 
Paul goes to the Areopagus one day where everybody's talking about all kinds of things. And this is what he says. People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. And he goes on and he tells them, listen, you have all these shrines to all these gods and goddesses, but, but you don't know the one true creator God. And now I'm going to tell you it is, it is what you call the unnamed God. And he shares their testimony, his testimony about Jesus. People listen and they come to faith in Christ. But all of that happened because he listened. He listened to individuals, and he listened by what he observed going on in the community. So here's what we need to know as followers of Jesus. If we've come to faith in Christ, we've been blessed by God. We've been blessed because we've received the promise of eternal life. We've been blessed because in this life, on this earth, God has filled us with his Holy Spirit to be with us, to be our teacher, our guide, and comforter. He lives in us, and he's with us always. And we've become part of something bigger than ourselves. We're part of this thing known as the body of Christ, the church, and we're on a mission together to help spread the good news of Jesus to the world and to others. And that means as followers, we can't take what we've been blessed with and hold it to ourselves and hide it away. We have to share it with others. So how do we do that? We do that by recognizing that we've been blessed and sharing blessings with others. And very simply, what I want to encourage you to do as brothers and sisters in Christ is each day when you wake up, ask God, God, who do you want me to bless today? And listen. And invariably, he's going to bring someone to mind. And then when you connect with that person, I would encourage you not to tell them, hey, God sent me here to bless you. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's going to uh, really strike them uh, uh, very well. But you know, just, how's it going? Ask them some questions. Really begin to, to just prime the pump so you can hear how you can bless them. And as you listen, I believe God's going to show you a way to bless others. Now, I promised you I'd show you some some simple ways to do that. If, if you uh, put your attention to the screen here, I'll give you four H's of listening. They're all questions. Uh, so history question, you know, where'd you grow up or where are you from? Um, a hard question, what's, what's your favorite team or your favorite restaurant or your favorite vacation, et cetera? You know, these are just simple questions just to prime the pump. You know, what are you into? What are you doing in life? You know, what do you do with your free time? Uh, your hurts. You know, how are you doing uh, with whatever the situation is? If you know that, it, it creates the opportunity. And so it creates the opportunity so we can listen. And that's where we go back to what James said. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. And be slow to become angry. We are ambassadors for Christ. The Bible tells us that. And so all of our conversations have divine importance for God's mission. And we have to recognize that when we go into those conversations, we need to listen. 
to, to let the Holy Spirit guide us. Yeah, we're going to have to ask some questions. But as we listen, we're going to sense what God is going to tell us, how we can bless that person. So I want to pray for all of us that, that we would learn to listen, as Scripture tells us. But I also want to recognize this. That there may be somebody in here saying, okay, I'm beginning to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, and I've never really become a follower. How do I do that? Well, very simply, you do that by talking to God, telling him that you believe in him and want to follow him. So I want to invite anybody who's never put their faith in Jesus to start following him to do that. And I'm going to give you some phrases that you can put in your own words and pray back to God. And then I'm going to lead us all in a prayer, just praying that we would listen. At the same time, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up so that uh, we can get ready to, to sing our closing song. So you know, why don't we bow our heads and I'm going to invite anybody who has not uh, put their faith in Jesus to do so. So very simply, I'm going to give you some phrases to pray back to God. You can pray them verbatim or put them in your own words, just silently, wherever you are, here or at home. So Father, as we come here today, I, I invite those who want to become a follower of you to do so by praying these words to you. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead. And I accept Jesus' forgiveness for my sins. And today I declare that I want to follow him for the rest of my life. And now as we continue in an attitude of prayer, Lord, I pray for each one of us. Lord, I pray that you would give us the supernatural ability to listen like you listen. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, that we would be quick to listen, that, that you would put a governor on our desire to speak back or speak over people or, or just pound on somebody with our opinion. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to steer away from anger and angry conversations. Lord, where were your sons and your daughters? That is our identity as children of God, and, and you've called us to be on board with your mission. So help us participate in it and help us give you the glory and bless others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.